Welcome to Let's Get Information. My name is Alexa Silvaggio, and this, my friends, is a podcast for seekers, entrepreneurs, spirit junkies, and wellness lovers of all kinds. Each week, we'll be offering you inspiration, education, and co-creation that will help you cultivate an epic life. So let's dig deep, lift up, and thrive through these personal stories, tips, how-tos, and most importantly, great, rich truth. My darling. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's my pleasure. What a gift. I've known you for what? Not even a full year yet. Oh, it's crazy. What a freaking <laughs> rad wild ride. Can you talk to us about who you are, about yes. uh, what you're creating in the world? And uh, also, you have to tell us a little bit about your name. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Aram. Um, full name, Aram Arya. Uh, this is a, a recent uh, name change, uh, identity change uh, mm-hmm. in my own spiritual transformation how do you begin to talk about that, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, talk to me. This wasn't something I saw coming. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I met you, you were John McGuire. Right. Yeah. Right. And I still am. You, you know, are, I, of course. I, uh, I, I could tell you so many stories about that. I think one, one that comes up right away is a cu- couple of people close to me have said, wow, you really went for it. <laughs> you know, you, um, how were you confident enough to to just make that big change of changing your name. And um, the, the simplest way to explain it is that it really wasn't a choice. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it happened. I didn't go through a, 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 a name of, or a book of names, you know, and, and pick the one that sounded the best for my, my spirit identity. Yeah. Um, it was given to me during a, a, you know, a state of higher consciousness where uh, the name was just presented to me. Beautiful. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, we could dive down the rabbit hole of that story. But yeah. Some, some background is that um, I am a spirit guide and human mechanic. Um, I've chosen those two descriptions. Um, the spirit guide it basically is about my commitment to a, a spiritual path now and commitment to a path of shamanic training and dope yeah so the, so that really is about assisting people with their own spiritual awakenings and personal transformation and the human mechanic part of it is kind of a little bit uh, a tongue-in-cheek uh, joke with myself about uh, how I go about the process so I feel that we are all embodied spirits trying to hack how to drive this machine in a very mechanical way. How do we operate our bodies so that we allow our souls to drive? So it's a little so bit cool. of, thank you. Yeah. It's a little bit of that. And, and, you know, one of my main tools, my primary tool in getting up to speed with anybody is human design. So using the methodology of human design, to provide us the, the map to begin to go to work like mechanics on ourselves. Mm. So cool. Can you tell us a little bit about human design sure. and where that came from slash how you got into it? Because <laughs> I remember when you got into it. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Excuse me. Still getting over something. Oh, please. <coughs> I'm right there with you, actually. Yeah. 
Okay, human design. Uh, so what's human design? Um, so human design is a way of being. It is a way of operating energetically that uh, puts you in touch with the body intelligences uh, from all of the different power centers and chakras in your body so that you can, again, drive this human body effectively. Uh, that's, the, that's how it works. Okay. Um, it's a way of, I like to say, knowing yourself fully so that you can unlock yourself and then the first step is to therefore unlock your success. Mm. Meaning there's that piece of you that you're very familiar with. Yeah. In that perhaps that flow state when you never stutter, you say the right things, you do the right things, you don't drop anything. Mm -hmm. There's it's that perfected state of awareness and flow and right action. Mm -hmm. And that's something we only get to taste and touch in small pieces, it seems. But actually that state of mind and awareness is available to us all the time. And understanding your human design, how you were designed to be and operate, will allow you to access that state whenever you want with practice. Beautiful. So that's what it is, which... which uh, and it's based on... Yeah, so human design is a master synthesis of four ancient wisdoms. Now, it was channeled to... (laughs) It was channeled... Wow, wow, boom. (laughs) It was channeled... I'll tell you what the the background of it is in a moment. It was channeled to a man who took the name Ra-Uruhu after this experience. It was channeled uh, to this man in 1987. And it is the combination of Western astrology a Hindu Brahmin chakra system of nine centered energy being that has, uh, you know, that has, uh, we all have the ability to get in touch with these nine different um, energy sources and intelligences with us. Mm-hmm. It has elements of the Kabbalah or the tree of life that show us how these energies interact with each other harmonically. And then finally, it, it employs elements of the I Ching. So, uh, Basically, you were imprinted by the universe at a couple different times right before you were born and when you were born. Mm. And those, those, with those genetic imprints are coded in with, are, are, are coded within you certain lessons. Mm. And long story short, I found this to be incredibly powerful and never wrong. And when I began to understand... It's true. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because we did your chart, what, a a couple months ago? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, Truly. Basically, I was floored by this. And this is the other story I like to tell people. Uh, It's simply like this. You can go to the most powerful, intelligent, tuned-in astrologer in the world and get an incredible astrological reading of yourself stuff that you cannot deny you cannot look away from oh my god how do they know that right. all these things about me right. my sign my you know all the permutations of what it means so that's great but what you're left with often is a story 
a very, very powerful story. Yes. But then what do you do with it? Right. What do you do yeah. with it? Yeah. So that's where human design is different because human design takes those incredibly powerful, undeniable observations about how you operate and it turns it into tools that you can use right now to change your life. So dope. It's like a little bit, it's like the yang version <laughs> kind of, of astrology. Yeah. Kind of, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. because it's empowering. Yeah. It's, it's, it's meant to, um, it's meant to empower you in the sense that it, it, it identifies some core innate qualities. Yeah. Either, um, virtues or or challenges that you have and, <laughs> and what is life other than to uh, understand our virtues so we can magnify those yes and then to understand our challenges and then ultimately to forgive ourselves for everything that we're not so that we can put that aside yeah and work on the 20 percent of us that's a genius and and highlight put the spotlight on the 20 percent of us that's a genius, develop those innate qualities that we're very good at from birth mm -hmm. and get rid of and forget about the 80% of us that we've been conditioned to try to be. Wow. That's a big 80%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like really, when you think about it, like that's yeah. so much conditioning and so much trying to manipulate parts of us that are really not inherently for us. Totally. Totally. And, and that's what was, you know, so why those numbers, right? Why, why 80, 20? Yeah. Just to give the listeners a, some background in human design, there are a kind of finite number of qualities of being a human being and without getting into all the numbers and the numerology and the planets and all, everything that they do, I suffice it. A 17 hour <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so the amount of, the amount of information within it is intense. Um, but you can reduce it to this way of looking at it, is that you are imbued with genius potential in about 20% of the possible ways there are to be a human being. Got it. Meaning that you tested out of kindergarten, perhaps sixth grade, you went right to 12th grade or perhaps even beyond in these ways of being. But in our culture, particularly in Western culture, we are motivated and told that we have to go out there and make it happen. We have to go out there and make something of ourselves. Yeah. And if you are faced with trying to be this other 80% of a human being that you're not innately skilled to be, you're going to meet that with incredible resistance. <laughs> and, and you will <laughs> you fall on your face again and again and again. Yeah. And in this culture, hey, that's all right. Like you just pick yourself up and you keep going. But I'm sure you've, I mean, we've talked about this with you. I, yeah. I had this experience with me. It's like, oh, this is, look over here. This is actually what I, this is actually where I'm really good. Why yeah. don't I do that? Yeah, completely, completely. Because otherwise we just spend our time being frustrated instead of fascinated. I love that. Yes, yeah. Exactly. You know, it's so real. It's exactly. so real. And that resistance piece is so huge. I'm, I'm doing so much work around resistance because mm. as cliche as it is, honey, what we resist does indeed persist. So indeed. yeah, indeed. that's so I cool. I have to say about that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. So I want to hear a little bit about your transformation and yeah. about some of the tools that brought you here, mm -hmm. um, into this embodied state. Yeah. If you are wow. comfortable sharing, because oh, I know that's a big of course. thing. 
Of course. Well, it's something that I've struggled with um, translating. I, um, I had a massive spiritual awakening this last October with, um, in a way that I can only describe as a state of enlightenment that was granted to me. Um, a level of enlightenment that nothing could have prepared me for mm -hmm. and I could have never imagined possible. Um, wow. So, so there's that. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> there, but before that happened. Um, yeah. Because you've always been on a path. Yeah, you know. <sighs> Particularly since, you know. Yes. yes. No, for, yeah. Um, where to begin? Um, I think... I think my path started like this, and I think if I can provide something inspirational uh, to anyone, it, it would be something, something like this. Um, in the process of waking up, in the process of becoming who we're supposed to be, in the process of allowing everything that is not us to fall away, uh, there is usually an event, uh, a trauma, a central struggle that perhaps we've always faced that is eating at all of us. And sometimes we don't, or we can't even find the words to define what it is. We just know that something seems very wrong that's causing us pain. And what is that? And... Um, so for me, you know, I was about uh, 32, 33 years old. I was married and um, living in Utah and had a job and a wife and um, thought I was really on my way, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, thought, thought that life was going to finally start unfolding how it was supposed to. Hallelujah. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Yeah. Um, and then what happened was I bought a house with my ex and we moved into a house that had a infestation of toxic mold. Hmm. And that was the beginning of uh, a slide um, into really the depths of insanity in many ways yeah. over, over many years. Um, you know, people know that toxic mold is bad and you need to get away from it. Right. Um, but long story short is I, I was exposed to it for a long period of time. Um, it really completely wrecked my health in a way that I didn't even understand. I didn't even know what I was dealing with for years cannot even imagine. And I, I don't, not only lost my health, but I, I, you know, because it's neurotoxic, I, I lost my mind too. I, I, I had, um, Jesus. what could only be described as, uh, you know, many, many breaks with reality, uh, as I was trying to, um, you know, manage, uh, a career or relationship, um, you know, making money and then being, often often just kind of out of my mind totally so as that period ended um the miraculous thing was that 
the mold, <laughs> the mold seemed to be seemed to start to follow me. Ah, oh, as how convenient! <laughs> what a gift in a fucked right, up package. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I moved several different places. I I quit several jobs. Got new jobs. Um, I kept trying to scrape my health and my life back together, and I was very. I became a mold sensitive person, mm-hmm. and and that in and of itself is very hard to describe, but. Um, you know, basically I'm, I'm only sensitive to these very, very specific types of mold that don't exist very many places, but it became, it sort of became a really dark comedy of my life of trying to find a place to live that was, was safe for me. And, uh, I slowly, I began to lose everything. Um, I lost my relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lost uh, jobs. I lost eventually uh, all my money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got some of it back. Mm-hmm. I lost it again. Mm-hmm. So I arrived a point to a point about two, two and a half years ago of um, needing, really needing to heal myself. And I had developed some f- fully blown PTSD. I'm sure. Um, as you can imagine. I can, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was all, I've often tried <clears throat> to explain what that's like. I actually, um, a number of years ago, I, I, I was reading some, actually, uh, Jay Salinger, uh, and I was reading some Great. of his accounts of what he went through with shell shock after World War II of coming back and trying to assimilate. Um, you know, this is in the process of some of his early writing and then right, preceded some of his best writing. Yeah. And I I really identified with that. Yeah. Um, And uh, so I I began to understand how to heal myself from PTSD. And and then I found plant medicines. Beautiful. Um, (laughs) Which which was remarkable in in the sense that, um, you know, I've I've always sort of lived, you know, my my previous life was uh, as an industrial designer. I worked for Nike for several years. I, I kind of channeled my creativity into this athletic product experience or um, as a product designer, I, I was pulling on the universe to inspire my work. And I wouldn't have called it any sort of divine channeling. I thought I was just being creative and using my imagination. Yeah, right? of course. So weaving this back together. And I, you are yeah. very talented. Well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's be clear. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a really fun part of my life. And in some ways, I'm sorry that it's uh, too much to handle. And, and, well, it's not really too much to handle. It just hasn't unfolded quite the way I thought it would. Of course. And, it's just um, taking a different form. Right. So so back to the, the aha, sort of some oh, of yes. the aha moments is, it goes like this. is uh, You know, I've always been into altered states and mind-expanding mind uh, experiences. So I yes. was fairly, ex- you know, fairly experienced with psychedelics. And when I began to do um, experiment with psychedelic psychedelic ceremonially, mm-hmm. the first epiphany went like this. I was like, oh my God, this is a tool for healing. Completely. How, how did I not know that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it just you know. shows you the power of intention as well. Because it, exactly. I mean, in one setting, it's one thing. And in another yes. setting, it is a completely different situation. Right. right. I mean, this is where we meet. Right. So, and and yeah. this is, you know, that's 
part of our story how I met you. And of course. In, in, rec- in realizing that this was a tool for healing, um, I began to tear away parts of myself that I was sure what was, were parts of my identity that, that weren't, that were constructs. Wow. I, I think, you know, some, some popular memes about spirituality, spirituality kind of rub me the wrong way sometimes. It, one of them is that, you know, we need to uh, let go of all that it is not serving, serving us. us. Yeah, right? it's like super popular. <laughs> well, and, that's, and that's great, but here's, here's the thing. It's actually that we need to let go of the parts of ourselves mm. that are not us. That's beautifully said. Mic drop, but I'm not going to drop that. <laughs> <laughs> because, because if you're really doing the work, you're encountering pieces of yourself that are so ingrained that are actually causing you so much pain. It's, it's not that you, you let go of the things that are supporting right. a, a, a wounded ego or things that are, are getting in the way of you manifesting what you want. Right. right. It's really the pieces of you that are not you. Wow. That you can let go of. So... That's gorgeous. Wow. Um, well, and it's yeah. huge. There was, there. I, I'm sure you've heard the Michelangelo quote that's mm. all about the angel. Someone's like, how do you make that angel? And I'm like, <laughs> oh no, the angel was there. I just chipped away all the, all the stuff that wasn't Precisely. the angel. Precisely. And I was writing a little bit about this the other day that like the opposite of remember is not to forget. The opposite of remember is to dismember, right? To separate. Right. And when we are clogged up with all this shit that is not really true to who we really are, mm. we are dismembered. And to remember mm. is that integration. Completely. Yeah. And, and that's what we get to experience in these higher states of consciousness with, with certain medicines. Is yes. that we get to actually prematurely ascend and in these ascended states of consciousness... You forget, um, I said the wrong word, but <laughs> you, you, become, you become detached, yes. like, like what you said. Yes. You become detached from the lower vibrations right. that were trying to protect you or trying to provide you identity or trying to keep you free from pain. Right. Or the, actually often some very essential paradoxical mm-hmm. operations. Yeah. But in these ascended states, you realize, aha, aha, mm-hmm. actually, I'm that thing that I've been trying so hard to create is actually not me. And how frightening is that? Because then who are Super. you? Super. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's yeah. like, you know, we, I was, again, writing about this the other day, these masks that we wear and all the things when you mm. remove all of that shit. Mm. Yeah, what is underneath? And that's scary uh, because, you know, for a lot of people, this is like, oh my God, I, I experienced this, this universal love or I, I got in touch with this part of me that uh, was lost. And, yes. And that's, and that's great. And, and that reminds me of one of the next things 
switches that I like to provide to people, which is this, is you have these experiences, these epiphanies, these awakenings, and yeah. then you're like, okay, now what do, what do I do with that? Right. <laughs> how, how do I, yeah. how do I sprinkle all, uh, how do I sprinkle all of this on my life in different ways Right. to integrate it? Right. right? And one of my realizations pretty recently was this, is that this is the other thing that kind of doesn't work. You really can't integrate knowledge or epiphanies down to where we are now. The only thing we can do is raise ourselves up to them. Makes so much sense. And, And in raising ourselves up toward these higher states of consciousness... You know, there's no map for how to do that. Right. It's it, it doesn't actually make sense because in so doing, we have to get rid of a way of being that's brought us to this point. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. And the only answer to that is, well, that's personal. Right. You know. Which is really where a lot of your work comes in. Precisely. Precisely. Um what a cool kind of circle that makes. <laughs> I mean, it really is just a tool for elevation. Precisely. You know, it's, it's, it's these hardest, you know, I like to say that, you know, the, the hardest lessons in life, you know, nobody can teach you. Right. How you get from point A to point B, yes, you can model it on your heroes or mentors. And that often works to a point. To a point. Yeah. And that these last steps of leaving behind what is not you, you know, puts you out, makes you vulnerable, puts you out in no man's land of, okay, then how do I gather the resources? How do I um, gather the inspiration? How do I gather the support to support me in this ascended consciousness? Yes. But oh my God, it's so worth it or what? <laughs> so good. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think, um, you know, back to, back to plant medicines for a second. Yeah, please. One of the, for, for the listeners perhaps who are like, you know. Huh? What? How, that, <laughs> how does this work? Um, you know, ayahuasca is the medicine that really changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. But it also put other medicines... Uh, other experiences I've had with um, mushrooms or or LSD um, in greater per- perspective, and mm-hmm. I've actually had um, quite quite a few very intense spiritual ceremonial experiences on uh, quite a lot of medicines. Yeah, and um, and I think for a lot of people, you know, they might only know level one. And level one is lights, colors, geometries, uh, you know, uh, innocent, raw emotions, yeah. explorations and ridiculousness and laughing, you know? Sure. All- <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> that, that stuff. And this is, yeah. the, this is basically the, the uh, divine beings that are... That are operating in higher dimensions of consciousness above us. This is their, this is their rolling out the carpet for us. Mm. This is their welcoming, like, hey, check this out. Yeah. This is, this is what this gets to be. Yeah. And a lot of people, 
might experience a, a shadow side or a dark side of this experience too. Yeah. Which can be frightening. It certainly can. Um, which, which, which is worth mentioning because this is the, this is the mind, the problem solving part of our mind that is all of a sudden not in control. And the cascade of fears because we've lost this semblance of control starts to get angry and starts to snowball fears at us mm -hmm. for, for us to try to figure out in this uh, higher state of consciousness. Right? And that's where that sort of destabilization of replacing one reality with another can be really problematic. And mm -hmm. that's why we have to have the container uh, created in ceremony to prevent that from happening. Absolutely. Um, because it's going to happen or you're, you're at least going to begin to rub up against that. Hopefully. And having the right group of people around you to help shepherd you through that yeah. is all that's necessary. And then if you want to go deeper, then there's level two. Level two is kind of what we described about healing. In level two, you're going to have an experience that says, oh my God, I'm not quite who I thought I was. Or, oh my God, I feel incredibly guilty about that thing that I did. Mm. Or mm. something of that order mm. that you need to face. And it is both horrible and terrifying. <laughs> Sorry. And yeah. extremely beautiful. Yes. Yes. And extremely beautiful. And that can, level two can, can extend for your entire life. Beautiful. And the reason it might extend for your entire life is because we're, we're, we're constantly facing the story of our lives. We're constantly facing these challenges that we've created for ourselves to then solve. Yeah. I mean, isn't that amazing? That's really what we do. Right. <laughs> we problem solve everything. <laughs> That's all we do. And... And yeah, and then, um, so just to bring it full circle, then what happened to me in October? What happened in October in one, you know, I, I can, I, I'm trying to sometimes skip over what happened and, and jump to the result of what happened. Yeah. And what happened was that I had some transcendent experiences that then allowed me to graduate to level three. And I didn't know there was a level three, but what level three basically is, is a state of enlightenment. And when you've let go all of what you are not and are really, really at peace with letting all of that go, which in my case, and I can only imagine everyone else's case who's gone through this is incredibly painful. I'm sure. But when that moment happened, I got to level three, which is information. <laughs> Perfect. 
which is <laughs> simply a channel or a conduit to a higher level of information from higher realms of consciousness that put me at ease mm. with this human vibrational level of existence. Mm. Gorgeous. Slash. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And yeah. And, no, and just the joy. Hmm. I, I can't really explain the joy that I felt wow. in that moment. Um, I just got the chills. Yeah, boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just got the chills. Well, I will say as someone who has seen the transformation, it's been really beautiful to be able to sit with you and hold space <laughs> um, and just even to feel your energy because it is a, a very different energy. Yeah, many people have said that to Yeah, me. <laughs> it's a very different energy and it's really, really beautiful. I'd love to ask you just a couple of questions about mm. some information that you've received since this yes. kind of download, if you will. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and we've talked a little bit about this, but of course we have... Lots of people listening. Um, so why are we here? <laughs> why are we here? Well, I think I want to, I want to back up and, and set that up. Great. Which, which kind of looks like this. In many shamanic traditions and in many religions around the world, we are told and it's explained to us that God is love, right? Or the universe is love. And I, I think that's appropriate in many ways because that is the simplest set of instructions that you can get as a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Because love now, I, I actually did this a couple days ago because mm-hmm. I was thinking about this. I looked up love in the dictionary, and there's like 25 entries for what love can mean. Ah. Right? So. Huh. I didn't know that, but. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perplexed. But um, one of the entries was explaining this divine love, this okay. love of being. Mm. But I think that love gets confused with our sense of romantic love of attaching to romantic love, which is also beautiful. Mm. But if love is the height of experience that we can have as human beings, right, then it would make a lot of sense to attach that to our sense of divine consciousness. Mm. It instructs us and it also defines us, right? But this is not my experience. (laughs) This is not my experience. It's very close to this. But my experience is that the universe, a nexus, a all-encompassing consciousness, I would describe as a knowing. And this is that yin Mm-hmm. Sorry, this, <laughs> this mm. is that yang force ah. that you were talking about earlier. This, mm. is, this is the force. Ah. This is that force of the sun, force of light. Yeah. Um, this is the energy 
force, this all-knowing energy. This is the fabric of the universe, an all-knowing energy. So why are we here as humans? Well, we're here as humans to be embodied, mm-hmm. to experience love. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Right? Mm-hmm. And I love this way of describing it because this gives us an incredible purpose for being here. In other words, if the universe is experiencing itself reflexively through our subjective consciousness, well, if it could already look at itself completely, why show up to be embodied? Right. There's something unique for us here. And as embodied souls, we can actually feel emotions that the all-knowing, all-being force cannot. It knows love. Right. But it cannot experience love without being embodied. Wow. Sensationally. Yes. Sensation's where it's at. Yes. Ah, and isn't it amazing? To be savage. To be savage, exactly. (laughs) But isn't it amazing how many of us spend copious amounts of time trying to disembody our body? Yes. And relieve ourselves of sensation? Precisely. Isn't that wild? Precisely. Well, we know that all of the most worthwhile and difficult work comes through moving through sensations. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. All of the highs, all of the lows, all of the pleasures, all of the pains. You know. It's all exquisite. It's all exquisite. And excruciating. And precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Oh, God, so cool. So that piece appeared to me and, and, you know, as I tell many people that I'm working with, you know, Hey, by the way, none of this information is new. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But what I've been given is a package of a quality of information, if you will. Mm -hmm. I was actually talking to my mom about this the other day, who's, you know, very well read in her own right. And Mm -hmm. As we evolve culture, we're always in a process of re-educating ourselves. I mean, that's just how we do it. We, one generation comes, another one departs, mm-hmm. and we're in an endless cycle. Mm. And we are always in a phase of forgetting, disembarking from something that we once knew because it wasn't necessarily useful for the phase of, of the Earth's history. Sure. That we were at in, at that particular moment, and we have to rediscover it, right? So what I know um, part of my purpose for being here is to assist in this re-education Beautiful. and re-application for today of some of these ancient ideas that are timeless. Like I said, the, the all-knowing universal nexus force of everything, right, wants to play within you. Mm. Desperately. So cool. (laughs) So cool. Um, And again, if I ask anything that you're like, that's too much, you know, feel free to be like, "Uh uh-uh. Sure, sure. Um, So does this end? Which part? Human experience. (laughs) Well... Um, I mean, obviously we die and these bodies go. 
Yes. Well, I think the body does. The, the body, of course, yeah. does. I think that um, you know, in the debate of which religion ha- has got it right, you know, which we can, which has been debated for for centuries and, and thousands of years. Yeah. Um, we can all, we can say that they're all mostly right. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> they're all mostly right. Um, with a couple exceptions, this is one of them. Um, I am certain that we reincarnate forever to this point, this particular point in time and forever to eternity beyond. Beautiful. And During my transformation in in October, I think this was probably the, wow, this was probably the biggest relief of knowing that no matter what, I can try my hardest to get it all right in this life, but if I don't, you'll be back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, that really takes the pressure off. It certainly does. Oh my God, I've been putting so much pressure on myself to make my mark and, oh, you know, put it all together. Yes. And maybe all I'm supposed to do is focus on the smaller set of achievable tasks to create something to pass on to the next generation. Focusing on your 20%. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so beautiful. Right. And so for me, it was a huge relief, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then people are, are, might say, oh, well, you know, okay, well, if I'm bad, do you reincarnate me as a alligator next right. life or, <laughs> yeah. you know, as an what, ant what that do, gets smushed. Yeah. yeah. What, what do I get? So, um, again, none of this is new information. Um, but we have a type of human consciousness that is unique to humans. So we're going to be reincarnated again according to the laws of this solar system. Mm -hmm. And because we have already ascended to a human state of consciousness that has the ability to be Mm self-aware and therefore contemplate its own place in the universe, there's no going back from that. Right. So you you don't get demoted... uh, (sighs) Once you become self-aware. No getting fired. Right. No getting fired. Okay. Right. Great. Right. But, and then there's a million questions, you know, in addition to that, which is, has it always been this way? Mm-hmm. Has, where, where did our consciousness come from before the 4.7 billion year history of this solar system? Right. And it's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot beyond that. But so wild. that's where we are. That's where we are in the evolution of planet Earth as a awakening consciousness. Mm. I just finished a, a classic book that a friend gave to me um, called uh, The Universe is a Green Dragon by Brian Swim. Oh, someone was just telling me about that. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't read it. Um, beautiful. Just, just a beautiful story um, of a dialectic, um, just sort of the ancient way of teaching in dialogue about the 
you know, it has some very romantic notions of some of the things that we touched on to put it in context of why planet Earth, why right now. Mm. Beautiful. Do you have any other reading recommendations for people oh. who want to know more? I mean, there's so many. Um, some of the biggies for you that you've read that you're like, oh, that was a memorable. Hmm. You know, the th I think I think that's uh, well for right now. I'm you know I'm reading I'm reading the Hermetica. I'm reading you know the Corpus Hermeticum. No big deal. But no, no yeah. some light reading. <laughs> um, I know I know pieces of it from from history, uh, from more of a historical point of view, but. Um, I'm reading the, you know, the Walter Scott version of it right now. Um, another, uh, another book, well, this is just how my brain works. I, I often, see, here's the thing. The background is I often feel inadequate talking about books or literature because I come from a family of readers and scholars, mm -hmm. okay? And this is just not me. Right. I, I grew up in this environment of people in my family with their nose in a book yeah. or teaching a class. My mom was a high school English teacher. Wow. You know, my dad was uh, a professor for a time. My sister is a uh, architectural his history professor at University of Hawaii right now. Wow. I mean, so yeah, I have yeah. all these like very intellectual people that I've surrounded myself with. And yeah. My mom was always like, how can you know all these things and you don't read? <laughs> right? And I was yeah. sort of like, well... I've, I've, I've always, I've always retained a lot of what I thought was interesting. Um, so, I, so I've been a, a casual student of philosophy for a long, long time. Cool. Uh, I think that started, you know, my sister and I used to watch, you know, nature documentaries as kids. And I've, I've always been a sponge for anthropological history you know i used to be an atheist by the way you know this is all <laughs> this is all super new for me yeah but um hey when you know you know yeah i i just finished a classic science fiction novel called childhood childhood's end by arthur c clark the man who you know created 2001 with stanley mm -hmm. kubrick um a brilliant scientist in his own right a royal astronomer uh, someone who's responsible for putting satellites into orbit. Wow. And who also turned out to be an incredible channel in his own right. Wow. And in a, hands down, the, the, probably the most famous science fiction writer wow. that we have. And what's brilliant about one of his first books written in 1953, uh, Childhood's End, is yes, it's a fascinating story of uh, what a encounter with a higher dimensional civilization might be like for us hmm. but within it is a philosophy of the future that i think is important that i think is worth looking at cool yeah. okay so i just looked at the clock it's already been 45 minutes so <laughs> um i just want to know if there's any piece of information that hmm. you feel um, like you want to share mm. what you want people to know or to remember. Yeah. You know, open-ended questions, I think are, are sometimes a, a challenge for me. I, I, you probably heard in 
the way I like to tell stories. I love, yeah. It's hard for me to dive right in. I like to go back and kind of set a, mm-hmm. a, yeah. a stage for, so, you know, for my own benefit. Um, so that whatever I might say might be better received. Beautiful. Um, so in parting, maybe what I want to say is that a lot of my own awakening has happened through spontaneously synthesizing the science of human design with spiritism. Cool. And it's in human design, it's actually all there. But I think the missing link and the missing link for people in the world to be aware of is that, you know, spirituality is, is really not a mystery. In our Western mind, the simplest way to think about spirituality em- empirically is to know that it is simply a higher dimension of consciousness. And if we think about the quantum physical realm of whatever we're experiencing here, we know that there are steps to understanding how physics work, the laws of how this experience works, Hmm. right? So we know that there are you know, things like gravity that we interact with every day. Of course. But then when we go from, you know, a ancient world to a Newtonian world of of physics, of how things work on this planet, and we go to an Einstein world Mm -hmm. of how how everything works, there's steps in that process. And if you were locked in one of those lower steps, how the hell would you perceive the higher steps until you got there? It's, it's actually impossible. Mm. You have to experience it to understand the new framework. So when, when we think that we are in our Western minds at the limit or at the height of what is possible with human experience, mm-hmm. we simply have to know that there is something far beyond our comprehension above. Beautiful. And if we get to taste that, then we can look back at our former understanding, our former consciousness, and say, aha, now I get it. Now I understand why that was so difficult. And if we can adopt that way of understanding that models the scientific method, We can naturally see that the next step of consciousness is spirituality, something that we have known is here all along. Right. And simply know that we can define spirituality as a higher, not a mysterious, Mm -hmm. ultimately. Yeah, it's infinitely mysterious. Right. Just as the universe is infinitely mysterious but actually a mystery that is accessible with a command of higher dimensional knowing. And that is how I want to make spirituality accessible to the Western mind that is obsessed with the quantum Mm -hmm. 
of understanding. Wow. That was really beautiful. <laughs> um, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for showing up and being so present mm. and so energetically lovely as well. <laughs> um, and also so astute. And, and while this is such embodied information, it's also very clear that you just like really know your shit. <laughs> um, so thank you for being on how can we all That's connect so to you where can we find you on Instagram yeah, or yeah you can find me on Instagram my handle is Aram Arya it's A-H-R-A-M A-R-Y-A you can find me at aramarya.org perfect and um, I would love to do human design yeah I would love to yeah you know, I take on clients who are um, interested in truly transformational development. You know, we don't really talk about um, the art of manifestation, which is also, you know, very popular these days, of course. Of course. But um, the art of aligning you to your higher purpose so that you receive help to get what you want is the basis of what I do in transforming people's intentions to their rightful path. So good. Okay. Beautiful. Well, we're all going to have to get in touch with you about that. Thank you so much. Um, and I love you. I think we got to have you back so we can talk about the manifestation piece. I would love to. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. Love your guts. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being Thanks on, so babe. Much, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. What an absolute gift. Uh, please do connect to me. I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, um, social media in general at Alexa Silvaggio. And if you do have a second, I would be super grateful if you left us a review on iTunes. Why? Well, because that actually makes us more visible to everyone. And I'm all about spreading the good stuff, right? Spreading the goods, getting the word out because I want us all to benefit. I want us all to feel good. I want us all to thrive. So this is your gentle reminder, my love to go out there and create an epic life. All my love.